0: you're listening to the revenue growth architects podcast presented by cs2 i'm your host xander brothel director of marketing operations at cs2 joining me today is one of my favorite people at cs2 Uh, we partner together every day uh, working with the same set of clients and that is senior manager of marketing operations ghani rodriguez ghani welcome thank you so much for joining the podcast
1: Hey, thanks, Yander. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, super excited.
0: This is, this is the first podcast that you've been on, correct?
1: Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it's one of those uh, dreams that like, I never uh, honestly thought would happen. So nice to go out there, share some information, share my knowledge, all that fun stuff.
0: Awesome. Well, hey, we're really excited to have you. Um, since this is the first time that you're on the podcast, we always like to just take a couple minutes to introduce yourself to the audience so that they kind of know a little bit more about you before we jump into the topic at hand. Um, and that topic at hand, so that you all know, is utilizing HubSpot in the enterprise. Um, but before we jump into that, Ghani, tell me, you know, how did you get into marketing operations?
1: Oh man, it's a it's funny because I feel like I'm one of the few people that kind of got into marketing ops on purpose. Um, I, uh, I went to Northeastern universities and they have a co-op program. So it's a six month in, in internship as you're taking classes. Uh, that way you get some work experience before, um, you know, you're out there in the world and actually working. Uh, and I started with Constant Contact as a sales and, sales and marketing ops uh, specialist. So I got some groundwork there. Um, And then after a while, once I, uh, you know, had my tenure there, I ended up just going to different startups. Um, And I feel like I've been doing this for forever at this point.
0: That's so awesome. Yeah, I feel like most people kind of accidentally fall into it. So Mm -hmm. was there anything in particular that like drew you to Mops?
1: Honestly, a lot of it was just the logic and kind of like building out um, just a business workflow uh, and process the processes that kind of like led me to it um that's great i'm, I'm pretty like process minded so it's one of those where it lands itself well and on top of that i just love you know diving into new technology and uh um pretty much just playing around with it seeing what like extending its capabilities trying to see what i can do
0: very cool and then how did you get involved with cs2 what's that origin story
1: CS2 is actually kind of funny because, um, for a while, I've just been following them like on the sidelines. Um, I've known a couple people in my network, uh, that have worked with CS2 before. Uh, so it's something that always showed up on my LinkedIn and about a, I want to say maybe a year ago, you know, I was always interested in, uh, joining an agency and being a consultant. Um, and I finally decided, you know what, let's just, uh, take, you know, take the dive, see, see how it is. And, uh, try to see like what else I can learn. Um, Cause it's different being in-house than being with a ton of other marketing ops uh, peers and just seeing like, what are the different ways they've solved the same issue that you've run into like a billion times at this point. Yeah, yeah, you definitely
0: kind of, learn through the fire hose so to speak Mm -hmm. um and yeah definitely uh a great opportunity if you have the if you do have the chance to do so so um well thank you for sharing that ghani uh we're really lucky to have you on the team i'm lucky to get to work with you every day so this is going to be a great topic um and when it comes to hubspot Like you're somebody who came in with some HubSpot experience. I know when I came in, I personally did not. So I was learning a lot on the fly and I've learned a lot from you and I know other people on the team have as well. So it's going to be great to have some of your expertise and uh, experience as you kind of talk through. So Uh, What we were going to do is structure today's call, sort of like we structure a lot of our projects and initiatives that we work on with clients, where we always start with what is the strategy of doing something, then we think about what are the operations behind it, and then ultimately we want to end everything with with analytical frameworks um, that we can utilize. So we're going to do that today. How do you think about using HubSpot strategically? How do we operationalize some things and how do we utilize it for reporting? Um, so Ghani, just very high level. I'm mm-hmm. a, I, I'm new to HubSpot or maybe I'm looking at getting HubSpot into my environment. How should I be thinking about it from like a go-to-markets process and strategy?
1: It's funny because uh, with HubSpot, one of the things I do like about how they pretty much set up the tool is it is templatized to kind of work as a best-in-class uh, scenario. Um, they've built a lot of stuff over, over the years where it's just how do you measure, like, a simple funnel? How do you um, have, like, a, a good handoff process and just kind of, like, est- establish yourself in, in that realm? Um, you know, it's a CS2 mantra. It really depends on where your company is on a maturity level how do you approach this question? And so if you're someone who, or a business who's just starting out, uh, pretty much just like going through and just checking your process, seeing, hey, is this streamlined to actually give me the data that I need? Um, Do I have a process? Uh, And then that's an easy way to just adopt a lot of the stuff that HubSpot already has there for you. Now, let's say you're already a mature uh, company. One of the things you want to kind of is Look, You look in the mirror a little bit and just decide, is my process the correct way of doing it? Or do I have to kind of reestablish some things or just confirm like, hey, are there better ways to do this? Um, and trying to see where HubSpot fits in your process. Um, you know, a lot of times you almost just have to realize, hey, like we've been doing this in- incorrectly or inefficiently for a while. Um, this change is going to affect. How reports, how, you know, the rest of the sales team functions, how the marketing team functions. So just having kind of just having that like internal discussion, uh, definitely helps you adopt HubSpot, uh, way better and just, uh, set you up for success. Got it. So
0: from your perspective, um, you know, HubSpot's coming in with, ways to solve problems and i know that that's kind of counterintuitive to some of the some of the other tools that we may use um such as like salesforce is kind of an open book right Mm -hmm. when you go into a brand new salesforce instance there's not a whole lot that's that's pre-built for you um so would you say that hubspot does it like pigeonhole you into certain strategies and certain operations or are there ways to still customize if you if you like look at those processes and say, Mm -hmm. hey, actually, I really do need this to be unique.
1: Yeah, I definitely wouldn't say that HubSpot pigeonholes you. Uh, There's a lot of flexibility with uh, how HubSpot set up um, a lot of its processes and workflows. Um, You know, you can still add custom fields, you can have um, custom workflows that cater to your uh, already existing process. Uh, What I would definitely advise is just, again, make sure are we doing the right things? Sure. Um, because we all think that we are. Um, so it, it almost takes uh, someone else to kind of come in and let you know, hey, this is what we've seen a lot of companies end up evolving to eventually. Yeah. So why not at least like try to set up a lot of the, I want to say like the basic foundation.
0: And, and it's nice that, HubSpot gives you access to those because that's what they're that's what they're going to invest in. So if they make improvements on and and some of these topics, I'm sure that we're going to talk about, but if they make improvements on how they do lifecycle management, you're inheriting those improvements as opposed to having a completely custom solution. So there can mm-hmm. be some benefits there. Um, but, you know, it there's so many ways that you can solve a problem. It's good to know that you also have flexibility when you do need it for sure. Um, so, so thinking strategically about like specific initiatives, are there any, any sort of like big pillars that you want to talk through as you think about like the strategy behind whatever it is?
1: Yeah. Uh, one of the things, uh, at least I've definitely worked on with a lot of different clients is, um, just GDPR and opt-in, uh, Mm. centers and like preference centers. Um, it's one of those things where you already see it in a lot of marketing, um where you kind of have to adapt to how the world is looking at privacy and data and that consent uh, hubspot again already has a really good out-of-the-box solution where with like just a flip of the switch you already have a lot of um double opt-in processes kind of set up for you you have the language already there that kind of um at least protects you and lets them know hey like if you're filling out this form you're going to receive XYZ communications, um, but even then, that that uh, doesn't mean that that's just a process. We always have to talk to your legal team just to make sure. Hey, like, are we checking all the boxes? Are we being as um, you know as uh, strategic with this while also uh, complying with the laws?
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, we we have a great uh, podcast that like dives deep into GDPR, but that's what we kind of that's how we approach it is marketing should really be coming with like, what's the right customer experience that we want to have. Mm. And I know that HubSpot has focused on that as well in their process. So it's like it's a great starting point. And then taking that to the legal team and saying, are we there, Um, as opposed to just going straight to the legal team saying, what do we need for GDPR? You know, they're not thinking about it. They may not be thinking about it as a marketer like you would be, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Great. Um, any other topics there?
1: Um, the other one that I kind of do want to cover is just global forums um, in general. I know any marketing team has probably run into this scenario where um, you have a lot of different content, a lot of different events and webinars. Um, and over time, you might, you know, think, hey, let me just add this additional field because it's very unique to this one event. Uh, but then you start having a lot of different, uh, forms on the website, uh, in your MA tool and any small change is just a ton of work just to even like get it done. Yeah. Uh, so trying to globalize it, it's one of the first things I always do encourage, um, any client or any, honestly, any business to do is just keep it simple, uh, get the information you need for whatever it is that you're delivering. Um, and just try to keep it all in one place. Uh HostPot again, like does a great job of making uh building out forms super simple, super easy. Uh they have a lot of templates already in place. Mm. Um and then glo- globalizing it. Uh that's where you kind of have to go through workflows and make sure um if they fill out, let's say, like this event form, uh, it is just tied to this event page that way you know it's for this this specific campaign sure
0: and um if i if i was somewhat new to hubspot and i didn't know mm-hmm. all of this kind of like on the back of my hand right how would you recommend that people see like what is hubspot's point of view on x versus y
1: so just to rephrase essentially HubSpot in general, like how we should view it as a tool.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's say that I wanted to do mm-hmm. lifecycle, right? Your mm-hmm. recommendation is first look at how HubSpot goes about doing that.
1: Mm-hmm. Is
0: it is it in the system really clear and easy to follow? Do you recommend going into documentation or training? Like what's worked well for you in the past?
1: Oh, that's a great question. It, it's funny enough, uh, going into the tool is probably like the easiest way for you to get familiar with how HubSpot works. Um, their documentation is great, uh, and they do definitely at least have a good mix of this is why we're, uh, you know, set this up this way um, and gives you the, the reason, you know, a lot of the reason behind why companies do it. Uh, but even just going into the, in, into the tool, going to the admin section, the UI is super clean. Um, honestly, I feel like it's one of the, the quickest ramp up marketing automation tools for someone to learn. Yeah, Because a lot of it is just like super intuitive, it's super user friendly.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, learning it when you're in marketing operations, like as long as you have the fundamentals, you can learn any of the tools, right? Mm-hmm. That's why I always tell people it's it's less about the technology and it's more about the business context and and understanding the processes behind it. But I will say like jumping into HubSpot is super helpful. And, the, and there's a lot of like new capabilities that get released pretty rapidly where it might be a couple of weeks before I'm back in there and I'm like, Oh, there's something new. And, and they like inform you right away. Um, so definitely useful.
1: Exactly. And even uh, just the, the update uh, stuff alone. Um, I've done the same thing where I go into HubSpot and there's a little tag that would say like, Hey, there's a new feature or it's in beta," um, already like links you right into the documentation on just like, this is what XYZ does. They always have a lot of the stuff like upfront. Sure. Uh, Just for you to learn it right away. Um, And it's nice to just like play around with these features. Again, HubSpot is just updating almost like at at an insane rate. Uh, The HubSpot that you knew like a couple months ago is a different HubSpot than the one that you have now. (laughs) Uh, And it's just, it's great to see that evolution just because they are cleaning up a lot of it and making it more. um, Again, just like friendly and pretty adaptable for a lot of different businesses for sure for sure
0: i know that it that it it's had uh, a view of it's it's built for small business and i think that they get that because it is so easy to be able to use and they mm-hmm. have a lot of um like guided experiences to get you set up um but you know that they are continuing to improve upon their systems to accelerate in the, in the enterprise, which is kind of the, the topic of today, right? Utilizing this in the enterprise. Um, before we jump into some specifics in the operation side, I was just curious if, you, if off the top of your head, you have like, these are some of the major projects if you're working on that, um, that you should check into out of box functionality. I'll give you an example. I know lead scoring; they kind of have their own way of doing lead scoring. So maybe start there, see how they go about doing it, and then identify if that's right for you. Are there any other topics that you would high level um, recommend? Just taking that that pause before you go and custom build something.
1: Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I think, uh, like I said, GDPR is always like an easy one uh, to go to at least like see what the out of, out of the box functionality is. Uh, just cause you can spend a ton of different, um, cycles, just trying to like build something, trying to get it across the board. If you're, if there is a time constraint, the out of the box solution is like very, like extremely well, well, uh, built. Um, so that's definitely one, uh, like you mentioned with lead scoring, um, they have a lot of the lead scoring fields there and it's just like seeing like, how, how do these behave, uh is this a lot of the behavior that i do want it um do i want the score to change over time uh, how do i degrade stuff uh, again it's very intuitive there um, the life cycle alone um, i think it's probably like a good functionality to just uh, really see how how first built it um, especially if you're a business that hasn't done anything with the life cycle uh, we see it in a lot of clients where they come in And one of the first things they tell us is, I have no visibility into how my leads are working or where they're going. Uh, They're getting into sales somehow. I know they raised their hand, but I have no data behind it. Uh, And again, HubSpot's out-of-the-box lifecycle, you know, you still have to tweak it a little bit in terms of uh, telling it when is it that it should consider an MQL, but even just like when someone comes into the, the system, when an opportunity is created all that stuff is just out of the box, because it knows, hey, if there's an, if there's an opportunity, it's a new lead, and the type is new business, you know, there you go, you know, that um, Joe Schmo already like went through the funnel. Um, And it does a lot of date stamps automatically as well. So you kind of have, you kind of start getting like a better picture of just like, what is my actual life cycle? What is this velocity?
0: So Ghani, I want to shift gears just a little bit and, and start to talk about like how we can operationalize some of these things. And I know you were talking about globalizing forms. So what recommendations do you have within HubSpot to go about making that happen?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think uh, one of the things you have to consider is, are you using HubSpot to its full potential or at least using another feature of it, which is the CMS side? Um, If you are using HubSpot CMS to build your landing pages, Uh, It's incredibly easy to build these global forms. Just because as you're, again, let's say you go through your website and you realize, hey, I have a demo form slash contact us. I have all these eBooks slash like downloadable content, whether it's a white paper or something. Um, Events and webinars, let's say you treat them the same. You already have uh, at this point three global forms that are just, you know, you're grouping them, and you're already uh, establishing like these are the informations I need for each type of um, activity slash campaign that I'm doing. Now, from there, uh, if you again, if you are using HubSpot CMS, uh, HubSpot already knows like, hey, it's X Y Z landing page, so you can literally say like they fill out the event form on this landing page, uh, and then from there, you can set up your workflow so that then it does all the things that you needed to do. Uh, but you don't have to create a separate form each time because you can say it was the event form on XYZ page. Um, but let's say you have like a WordPress or uh, some other uh, CMS. Uh, I know there's uh, plenty of them uh, at this point. WordPress, I know is just the one I see most often. Um, one of the things you're going to have to do is add a, a hidden field on the form to capture what the web page is, whether it's the page title, uh, the URL, you know, some form of essentially helps out to know, hey, they filled out, you know, this events page, of this events form on this page. That way, you can narrow down your workflows um, and pretty much templateize it moving forward because it's just change wherever the location. Uh, that this form was filled, uh, and then everything else stays the same. That's
0: great. Um, is there anything specific with HubSpot from like a, from the workflow perspective that you want to make sure that like the listeners know? Any any like callouts, gotchas, anything like that?
1: Uh, one thing I, I would say is whenever you do a workflow and you have a global form, um, especially for like downloading content, uh, contact us. You want to make sure that it's set up to re-enroll, um, just because you or and I could uh, go to that page. Let's say I'm downloading an ebook. I fill out the form, get the ebook, uh, but a couple of months later, I just can't find where I downloaded it to. Maybe I got a new laptop. Maybe I deleted the file uh, when I was doing a cleanup or something. You want to be able to be able to make sure that I can go through fill out that form. And if you are sending an autoresponder that I get it that second time as well.
0: Nice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's some steps that just won't repeat, right? Like Mm -hmm. campaign membership, if you're, if you're shipping it off to Salesforce. Um, But it's great to be able to keep that customer experience accurate, right? Exactly. Great. Um, One of the things that I really like about using like Marketo is that I, I can like create templates. Is there any sort of functionality that I have on the HubSpot side? That's kind of similar to speed up my workflows.
1: Oh, definitely. I, one of the things I always do with a a HubSpot is, is essentially um, in the workflow section, you can create a folder that's just templates. Okay. Um, So as long as you figure out like what your strategy is for every lead that comes in, depending on, and it doesn't even have to be uh, just forms. It could be like a list upload or a certain uh, value change. And you know, it happens differently. Um, and it's something that you want the rest of the marketing team or the rest, the rest of the operation team to keep consistent. Uh, you can create just a generic, uh, I wanna say like blank template of the process. Now within that template, one of the fun stuff that you could do is you could also add comments. Mm. So then if someone were to go into that template, it's just, oh, hey, like, what kind of like Salesforce campaigns am I supposed to sync this with? Or uh, why isn't this autoresponder email showing up? Even though there's a, a blank one there, you can you can put little comments saying like, make sure uh, autoresponder emails are already approved uh, and set to automated. That way it shows up on the dropdown list. Um, and from there, you can just clone these templates and create the workflows.
0: I love that. I love being able to create your documentation in whatever it is that you're building. It's like commenting code, you know, Mm -hmm. it, 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 it helps you along the way without always having to say, go to this page in my intranet or in my internal documentation that you can just kind of get everything that you need right within the tool.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I, uh, you know, one of the ways that I kind of learn how to, you know how a system works is to just go into the tool sometimes it takes me a while before i realize maybe i should just go through the documentation yeah uh so even if you have the templates there it's an easy way like you set up just documenting your process documenting the the reasons why you're doing something um, or even if you just make updates over time and just say like hey this this new um action which was, was added to the template on you know april 6 because of xyz reason Nice. Nice.
0: So templatizing definitely speeds up the process. It keeps things consistent. I like that a lot. Um, One of the, one of the topics that gets to be really confusing is like how they handle their database. I love it because you're not charged for everything. You're just charged Mm -hmm. for what's marketable. Um, But talk me through that. Like what are some gotchas? What are some things that I should be aware of um, if this is a new concept for me?
1: Yeah. Uh, so HubSpot has um, what what they call marketing contacts uh, and non-marketing contacts. So the way a lot of the billing works is um, it's not so much your database size; it's just how much of those contacts are marketable. Um, and uh, mar- having a marketing contact is a is a way of HubSpot to know, hey, we can send emails to this person because you know they came they came in through um a way where they did uh, opt-in or at least they did give some sort of consent uh but you can also have it be where uh, you can target them if you're using a lot of the 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 ad functionality uh within hubspot so you can also like target them knowing like hey like this person um should expect some sort of communication from me now non-marketing contacts those are leads that let's say you upload a list uh you know maybe you grabbed it from one of the data vendors sure uh, not necessarily gave consent uh to be reached out by you uh so when it's non-marketing you at least know hey if i were to send an email and um you know target a specific group and let's say some of these accounts do match that that group they're not going to accidentally get that email since Again, you know for sure they never really like consented to receiving this marketing communication. Um, a lot of the, uh, a lot of what I do within HubSpot is almost establish like what is a marketing contact and what is and what is a non-marketing contact strategy. Yes, um, and from there you can kind of like build out workflows to make to ensure that, hey, um, you know this event list everyone always can con- consent to it. So when I do upload it. Um, if the source is event, make sure that they they do become a marketing contact so they can receive any follow-up communications. Um, but let's say you have um, you know the sales is doing some outbound stuff and they kind of just import their own lead. Maybe they like write it down or maybe it syncs through a different tool that you're using for outbound. Um, you want to make sure that again those don't fall into uh, any of the marketing, uh, campaigns. So at least that way, it's just like, Hey, have they subscribed in, make sure that this workflow, uh, keeps on as non-marketing. You can also have it to at least like save some money. Um, if someone unsubscribes and you don't really have any other, uh, marketing, um, campaigns going, uh, through any other means, you can just set it up. So anyone that unsubscribes becomes a non-marketing contact. So at least that way, like in your next, Billing cycle. You're not going to get a charge for honestly a lead that, from a marketing pr- perspective, you can't really do much with. For sure.
0: Yeah, one of the we worked on this uh, with one of our clients where they actually had the marketing contacts criteria in a Salesforce inclusion list. So two different concepts: the Salesforce inclusion be- list being who is going to get updated. Um, First of all, who's going to get synced over to Salesforce? And then if you're already synced, who's going to stay in sync? Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they, there was a little bit of mi- maybe some miscommunication on how that functionality works. And so they were saying, if you were no longer marketable, no longer sync with Salesforce. And that was tricky because all of a sudden you started getting all these people in the HubSpot database that were out of sync with Salesforce. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I used the example, like, what if they opted in via a sales engagement platform? And now they they say yes, I want to be communicated with, but you have no way of actually getting that. Or they get added into an opportunity, and maybe your business rule says if they're added to an opportunity, they're marketable, or you know whatever mm-hmm. it, it may be, um, can get to be very, very sticky if you don't uh, if you don't have that handled. So I love that idea of you know, if you've been in this instance for a while and you haven't taken a look at what is marketable, not marketable, it's a good time to review that. If it's a new system, it's a great thing to just kind of like prioritize um, because you want to make sure that all of that is is running smoothly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think when, uh, you know, the Salesforce Sync is a, it's a perfect example of just, you want to make sure that your CRM and your marketing automation uh, are always talking to each other. Because um, even if someone does unsubscribe, let's say like someone does become a non-marketing contact down the road uh they can still go to your website they can still do a lot of things uh that you want that you want to track That you want to make sure like hey uh there is activity on this lead maybe they fill out a form and they become a marketing contact later on uh, you just want to make sure that those two are talking with each other so that both uh, marketing and sales uh, can effectively uh, reach your goals yeah for sure for sure
0: um <clears throat> So one of the strategy conversations that we had was around life cycle. So if there was like a, a straightforward, basic life cycle set what would you recommend somebody does within HubSpot?
1: Yeah, one of the first thing again is uh, determine what is an MQL? Um, what do you consider a qualified lead? Uh, and that's, again, HubSpot doesn't uh, give any assumptions on this. This is up to the business and just how is it that you want um, to communicate that, hey, marketing has you know done done enough to make sure like this is a good lead for sales to follow up with. Uh, so that's the first workflow you kind of have to figure out and just determine like when do I want this to happen? Whether it's a hand raiser, um, let's say you start uh, like a very basic like lead scoring strategy, just so, like if they hit X, Y, you know X number, make them uh, an MQL, just have. Some idea um, and then that way, when you build out this workflow, you're looking for those tipping points uh, to move them down the funnel same thing with SQL just because not every marketing qualified lead is going is going to progress down the funnel It's just when do you consider sales to have said like hey, this is an opportunity or you know this is someone worth following up, whether it is they already had a demo call um, you know maybe they 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 already filled out like another form that says like I want to get I want to look into these other features, you know that's a that's what I would say is like the second step of just you get those middle points and then the rest of that life cycle at least HubSpot has like a good idea of just building it out, um, and kind of I would recommend just go through all the different stages and make sure that it is what you think should happen for your business. Just because as much as templatizing it is good, good. You know, not every business is the same. So really take your time to see what the out of the box uh, solution is, uh, what fits for your business, what doesn't, Um, you can kind of customize it that way. Very cool.
0: Yeah, that's, that's definitely helpful. Um, You know everybody everybody's coming from different workflows uh we see it all the time as consultants like every instance that you go into is a little bit different like we all follow a very similar um path at least in the uh in the SaaS world um that we mostly work within but i i even see it with other teams and and other industries as well so it's helpful to kind of just go what's out of box how can i build this out and then you know what needs to be customized over time Mm -hmm. one of the other things that i that i worked on that was kind of fun was um a master order of ops sort of process um and there's a lot of new functionality that HubSpot has created that allows you to control where things go in the, in the order that they go in. Um, and they have some great functionality, like you can trigger off of uh, field updates. You can trigger off of a lot of different activities. Or you can wait. And you can build in wait steps. Um, and it's like a wait until step. So. Um, that has been super helpful. It's it's wait until this field updates, and then you can go down to the next mm-hmm. step, or wait until you get your UTM stamped before you sync them over into Salesforce. Um, and so that's been that's been a, a really cool capability um, that works very well in HubSpot. So as you think about continuing to scale your business, mm-hmm. utilizing capabilities like that can come in handy.
1: Exactly, and the beauty of uh, the wait until step. Um, it's just, it always provides an escape hatch. Uh, maybe there's, uh, you know, some process down the line that you just didn't, uh, didn't realize, uh, stopped working. At least you can have it say like, Hey, after five days, this has, has an updated, let it continue uh, down the process, especially if it's something that is critical, critical to your business, yeah. it's something that you just at least want to make sure that has sales visibility, has marketing visibility.
0: For sure. I mean, you can set that. You you used five days as the example. It could be five minutes, right? Like, we think mm-hmm. about some of the enriched data, but if it's not enriched within five minutes, like, let's move on to the next thing. Um, exactly. And we can always come back to it, right? Fantastic. Um, anything else on the operations side that you want to call out?
1: Um, no, again, it's just, it's HubSpot does allow a lot of, uh, again, a lot of custom builds, a lot of um, functionality functionality that at least supports your business uh but on the flip side let's say you have no idea for it there's always a ton of templates uh that they've created where it's just again these are best in practice stuff for sure uh that you should at least like leverage um and at the very least just like try to see if you can maybe model your business model your business around it uh since it's something that again multiple businesses end up doing eventually for sure
0: for sure. I mean, everybody everybody feels like we're a unique butterfly, but at the end of the day, it's like the 80-20 rule. We're probably doing 80%, very similar to what another organization mm-hmm. is doing. So let's get there as fast as possible so that way we can really start making an impact on the business. Um, so within HubSpot, one of the things that just like really confused me, especially coming out of utilizing other systems, was how campaigns work. Can you explain that a little bit? And like, where's the value? What What should I know about HubSpot campaigns?
1: Yeah, so HubSpot campaigns, I want to say it is more catered to uh, a marketing campaign and just that idea behind it where, um, you know, a marketing campaign isn't just a single email. Uh, it could be just the follow-up process, uh, the landing page, the actual asset, um, you know, all the different ads that you run uh, with it and you know marketing spends a ton of time just making sure that er- everything is essentially targeted and goes to who it needs to as well as just uh, you know pump the money into it now hubspot campaigns can help you consolidate all all those different assets into one uh, and the beauty of it is there's a lot of out of the box reporting uh, that shows you how how a lead came in when did they interact uh, with this asset? Was it their first touch? Uh, was it their last touch after you define it, it um, as, let's say, if an opportunity is created, this is the last thing that they did before that opportunity got created? Um, so there's a lot of stuff uh, that, at least from a, from an early standpoint, if you don't have um, you know an analytics team or someone that can really dive into the data, it's a good way of just understanding, hey, is this campaign really driving what I think it's driving? Um, you know it gives you a good barometer to know like, hey, no one's really coming in through and uh, through like uh, the different camp ad-, ad campaigns that I'm putting forward. but they are finding it organically. So you know you get to dive in deeper, you get to see uh, essentially just a campaign performance.
0: That's great. and And is it showing us like all of the people so you can kind of start to click into that as well, not just at an aggregate level?
1: Exactly, yeah. It shows you all the different um, leads and contacts that, again, had interacted with it. Um, And sometimes, uh, let's say if it's going through a landing page, it'll show you who went to the landing page. Um, They might have not filled out the form, but they did interact with that piece. Interesting. Um, So you kind of get like a good idea of just like, again, almost like a funnel view of this campaign of how many visitors did I get, how many of those ended up filling out the form who ended up progressing down my funnel through this campaign. Very cool,
0: okay. Um, Any other reporting highlights that you wanna make when it comes to HubSpot?
1: Yeah, Uh, again, HubSpot is really good about doing a lot of -of out-of-the-box reporting. Um, And if you're a business that is still kind of developing the analytics muscle, um, it's nice to know that there is like a quick way to just see, hey, how is my form? Uh, performing like are people filling out uh, all the different fields uh, let's say for example you have a ton of, of optional fields uh, whether it's just like questions on their you know someone's business or even just a t-shirt size or something it fits for like an event um, you get like a, a good um, just overhead view of hey like most people fill out first name most people fill out last name but there's a drop-off after these fields, mm-hmm. maybe because they're all optional. Um, and on top of that, you just get to see, just over time, like, are, is, is the submission rate going up? Is it going down? What is this pattern? Um, and that's from the form side. Workflows is actually, um, the, it also has its own uh, reporting capabilities. So you get to see uh, how often are people coming into a certain workflow. So there's a lot of these where um, it would make sense, for example, if it's like a content download and you just want to see like, hey, this, how many people have downloaded, how many people started getting the email, uh, if there is an autoresponder. But let's say it's an operational uh, workflow and something that just behaves in the background, it's supposed to do, let's say, some data appending or um, maybe just moves people down the stages. You can see like how often is this happening, how like, are people just re-entering this workflow like a lot or is this something where someone went entered once and then they just never qualified again for whatever reason. Uh, So you kind of get a good way of auditing a lot of the stuff that you have built as well. Cool nice i i
0: use the auditing functionality a lot um especially like as you're testing figuring out like did something break did something miss i just i love the detail that you can get and how easy it can be um very very useful
1: yeah uh one of the there's actually like a relatively new feature that hostiles released um it's a journey report builder uh which i find fascinating uh, so what it is, is you can kind of make your own custom, uh, I want to say like stages. So let's say you have like a campaign um, and someone enters through, you know, they filled out the form and there's a certain number of steps that you want that you believe leads to an opportunity or an MQL, SQL, whatever. Yeah, uh, You get to decide what those different stages are and you kind of get to see like where the drop, drop-offs are, like. Again, people are filling out the form, they're seeing my uh, email, but no one's clicking. And if that's a a central piece in your whole process, you kind of get to see like, oh, that's a huge drop off. Um, And I'm sure there's, that's just like a a random example. I'm sure there's a ton of different ways you can really use that journey builder to kind of really narrow down on what it is that my, my team should be doing, where should we be improving, so that then you get as much um, out of every campaign.
0: Yeah, I, I like that. You're kind of like building in those micro conversions. Like, mm-hmm. what is my very specific goal for this thing that I'm trying to do? And then being able to visually tell that story and improve upon it is really great. If you focus, we, we, as marketers, we need to be focusing on the big picture, obviously. But like mm-hmm. to get to the big picture, you sometimes need to make those micro adjustments to make it happen.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: very neat. Very neat. Um, really quick. One of the things that I think that that I get confused by HubSpot is that, like, it is a, a fairly disparate system. Like, emails are in a certain category, workflows are somewhere else, campaigns are at another place. How do you recommend like organizing your workflow if you are utilizing uh, HubSpot?
1: Yeah, one of the things you do have to essentially realize is one outside of just like user permissions and just who's using it is really establish who owns what. Um, so for example, uh, the emails is a good example where you have your regular like, uh, email campaigns, uh, you can set up folders where it's just like, Hey, these are all the event, uh, emails for 2022, make sure that that's all set up correctly. Um, but if there's a lot of like autoresponders, make sure that's in its own folder. Sure. Um, so there is that structure on there. Same thing for workflows where like i said one of the first things i i always love to do is just create a template folder and just have your templates all in one place um but then all the other operational operational workflows um you know categorize them by what kind of campaign is it is it just like these are all the event registrations or uh this is my contact us form maybe you have a couple of workflows that are more so for um just internal data adjustment. Sure. Just keep, keep those all like in its own bucket. So that then that way it's easier for you to navigate because uh, I agree, it can get very messy. Once you, the good thing about HubSpot is it's so easy to use that everyone can become a marketing ops uh, user essentially. Uh, and you just wanna avoid too many people, too many cooks in the kitchen uh, and just make sure that it is as organized as possible.
0: Those are some really great recommendations. I remember, I, I remember you helping a client, and like how how instantly it can transform your workflow by just having the right folder structure in place, and and maybe supporting it with some documentation on where do I go to find X, Y, and Z. But the clearer that you can be within the system, the better. Um, definitely useful. So, Ghani, as we as we go to wrap up, um, just off the top of your head, like what's the one thing that people might get wrong? Uh, utilizing HubSpot that you would want our audience to avoid?
1: The one thing, man, uh, I'd say is, um, you know, HubSpot is a customizable tool. Uh, You can have it so that it works with your process. It's not necessarily um, just stuck in its own uh, templatized way. Uh, They've made a ton of updates to make sure that their tool can cater to a ton of different businesses, whether it's whether you're small or your enterprise. Um, its solution is really great just across the board. That's fantastic. Thank you. Um, anything before we, before
0: we close this out?
1: Uh, no, uh, it's been uh, awesome talking here. Uh, and just like I said, uh, sharing my experience, sharing my knowledge, and just uh, trying to. It, Honestly, I'm excited to see where HubSpot uh, takes its tool and just a lot of the updates it has coming down the line. Absolutely.
0: I mean, we have a lot of clients that are utilizing HubSpot. Uh, we have a lot of clients that are just continually making improvements in their system, which is very exciting. Um, and there's a lot of capabilities here that you know not everybody has exposure to. So I think that it's useful that we were able to, to share this conversation today. Um, thank you so much for joining, Ghani. Uh, really greatly appreciate your time and, and preparation for today's call. Thanks for tuning in to the Revenue Growth Architects podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave us a review. We appreciate your feedback and it helps us get in front of more listeners like you. Thank you very much for listening and see you next time.